0: Well, it's good to see everybody out tonight. Boy, everyone as well. It's always good to be able to assemble and worship God, and it's our prayer that everything that we do and say is in harmony with His will and pleasing in His sight. I'm not ashamed to admit that when I grew up, I grew up with privilege. I had the privilege of having Christian parents. Parents that taught me right from wrong parents had lived a good example. One of the memories that I have as a child is the fact that my mom was a singer. Now, she didn't sing at the Opera House or Grand Ole Opry or someplace like that. She didn't have a YouTube channel where she could publish her singing because they didn't have YouTube back then. But she sang around the house. When she was cleaning house, She was singing. She was doing dishes. She was singing. In fact, one time she was singing, and where we lived, our houses weren't that far apart. One time she was singing and the neighbors were out with some friends on their front porch, if you call it a porch. And they said called out her name and they said, Sing a little louder. I don't think that they was really wanting to give her a compliment. But she turned up the volume and sang a little louder. And she always was singing songs that we sing in church. I don't recall her ever listening to anything else except, or any record, you know, one of those round things. It was a Kitty Wells record that had a song on it called Dust on the Bible. That would be the only country song that I ever remember her listening to. All the rest of the songs that she was sing were church songs. And one of the other memories that I have is that when we would go on vacation, my mom and dad would be in the front seat and we would all be singing. and we were singing church songs. And so yeah, I grew up with a in, under, in privilege. but it wasn't a white thing. I guess you could say it was, since my last name's White. It wasn't a white thing, and it wasn't a black thing, because any family could have that, whether they were black or white. believe she sang those songs because there was joy in her heart. She knew what she had. And sometimes I wonder when we're at worship service and I look around and somebody's not singing. And sometimes people make that a custom of themselves to not sing. And I think sometimes it may be because they're afraid someone else might hear them. It's not really about that whether you sound good or pretty when you sing. What matters is that they're coming from the heart. And what matters is what we're teaching and admonishing each other when we sing those songs. And I always have wondered, well, how could someone sit through a worship service and not sing when we're singing? And I wonder, do they have the joy in their heart that they should have? And that's really what I want to talk about. Do we have the joy in our heart that we should? When we read here in Psalm chapter 137, we can see there that the children of Israel had lost their song. They had lost that joy. They had been carried away into captivity. And even though others wanted them to sing, maybe they had heard them sing those songs of Zion before. And they heard and they could see the joy that they had inside but they didn't want to sing because they'd lost their song. We can look at David. And when David sinned with Bathsheba and he was feeling awful about what he had done, he asked the Lord to return unto him the joy of salvation. We sing because we're happy inside. The world may be falling apart around us, but we still have that joy inside. You can look at Paul and Silas as they were in jail and they had been beaten and and they're there. And what are they doing? They're praying and singing. So it doesn't matter what's going on on the outside. The joy comes from inside. The joy of knowing what you have. And what you have is greater and more blessed than whatever the world can offer. And sometimes we forget that. David had lost his joy and wanted to have that joy of salvation returned because he had been disobedient toward God. For Israel, it was their pride in rebellion against God that caused them to lose their soul. Let people steal the joy in your life. There are several ways that we can lose our joy. Sometimes we let persecution face or turn us away and take our joy away. Jesus said in John chapter 16 and verse 33 These things have I spoken unto you that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And so Jesus tells us that this isn't always going to be a wonderful place. There's going to be problems. We talked about that this morning. Job tells us that man that is born of woman is full of trouble. So what's going to happen? And I think most of us have come to the realization that that is very true. That there's always something that we have to struggle with, some problem that we have to deal with. And I heard a preacher recently who said, who put it this way, that sometimes we lose Christians, We lose people away. They're, they they're, they're taken away from us. Not because we haven't followed up. They fall by the wayside, Not because we haven't followed up and, and continue to teach. But sometimes it's because of what we teach in the beginning. To get them to obey the Gospel. And I thought about that. And I thought how true that probably is. Because many times we tell people, if you just have Jesus in your life, if you just follow God, it's going to be better. It's going to be a wonderful life. And then, when problems start happening and they still have the same struggles that they had before, and they realize that that didn't happen the way they had been told. And he described it like this You're flying on an airplane, and the stewardess comes up to you and she says, I've got something that will really enhance your flight something that will make this flight a whole lot better. And he goes, yeah, what is it? I want it, you know. If it's going to make my flight better, what is it? And she brings up a parachute and says, just put this on and this will be the best flight you've ever had. Now that plane's not hitting turbulence. That plane is flying smooth. And so he puts on that parachute. Now imagine sitting in a seat on an airplane with a parachute on. Is that really going to enhance your flight? Now on the other hand, if that plane starts to go down, don't you want that parachute? And that's what Jesus is. We're still going to have troubles, but God and His precious Son will help us through those things if we will allow Him to do that. And that's the problem sometimes. We lose our song because we think life is going to be rosy and I think that sometimes we obey the Gospel and we think there's going to be no problems. And the Bible just doesn't tell us that, does it? And you can look at example after example after example where it life wasn't a wonderful experience. As Stephen in Acts chapter 7, how wonderful it was to be a Christian. Did that mean that he had no troubles? No, he was stoned to death because he was a Christian and preaching the truth. Paul and Silas are in jail. Why? Because they're telling the truth. They're teaching the truth. Was that a problem? Well, it most certainly was. Did it steal their joy? No. Because what they had could not be taken away. James reminds us <clears throat> that we're to count it a joy when we fall into diverse temptations. In James chapter 1, verse 2, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Peter explains it uh, in, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise, honor, and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. And so both of those passages of Scripture are telling us there's going to be, there's going to be trials. There's going to be difficulties that we have to face. And with God's help, we can make it through it. Jesus overcome, and we can overcome it also. Because what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to deny ourselves. And sometimes that's where the problem arises. We don't want to deny ourselves. We still want it our way. And Jesus says, take up a cross. Now when Jesus took up His cross, what happened? Was that a pleasant experience? No. But He died on the cross and He was willing to do so because that's what His Father's will was for Him. Don't let someone steal your joy. Don't let it happen because of problems. Jesus said, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. You see, we face many difficulties and trials in this life, but we must remember this world is only temporary. It's not permanent. You hear people say sometimes, I'd like to live a long, 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 long time. Sometimes they talk about hundreds of years. Do you really want to be here that long? And you got somewhere else to go that's better than this place. Do you have that joy? Do you have that song in your heart? Don't let pain take away your song. Pain comes in many forms. Physical pain and suffering comes to us in the flesh. And I'm talking about our bodies hurting. There's aches and pains and weaknesses that we experience as we go through life. Sometimes as we get older in life, we have more pains and have more difficulties getting around. But don't let that Steal your song. Don't let that take your joy away. Often the, the emotional pain and the, and the sorrow that we experience can take away that song. But don't allow that to happen. Remember again, this life is temporary. We're living in this life to prepare for the next. And we want to go to that heavenly home. And what a joy to be to be there. God is the God of all comforts. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, and verse 3, Blessed be the God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Pain and sorrow remind us that we, need, that we may need to be comforted, and that comfort comes from God. God's with us. He hasn't forsaken us. And that should bring joy to our hearts. Let's put a song in our heart. For we want to be able to sing. You know people that are bitter and angry? Do you hear them singing? When you're in an angry mood or you're bitter, you, you know, you've been cut off in traffic, is your first thought to start singing a song? No. Don't let pain cause you to lose your soul. Your, your soul. God may use our pain to prepare us to help someone else who may be in the same pain or even worse. Because sometimes, you know, when we go through a trial or, or a difficulty or we have something happen in our bodies that, that causes us a great deal of pain, quite often the person that experiences that, you can see a change in their attitude. The change in the way that they deal with people. If someone has a heart attack, sometimes they come back and they're, they're, they're more thoughtful of other people. They care more about other people. They realize now that life it really is short. You know, all those times we've been hearing that, it's really true. Now, do we want to go through those kind of pains? No. But we can learn from those pains. And maybe those pains will help us To help someone else. Here's a biggie. Don't let people take away your song. Jesus said in John chapter 16 and verse 22, and ye now therefore have sorrow. But I will see you again, and your hearts shall rejoice, and your joy and your joy no man taketh from you. Jesus is talking to his disciples. And He's telling them that no one can take that joy. And that's really the secret there. No one can take it from us. Sometimes we just give it away or let it go. The longer I live, the more I'm convinced of the depravity of man. And man doesn't seem to be getting any better. Our morals are going down the tubes even more so every day. And we realize that that is a sad situation for our world. The Bible tells us that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We realize that. And we realize that as it is written that there is none righteous, no, not one, as it tells us in Romans chapter three and verse ten. And so we know that there's sin out there in the world. And that's what I try to tell myself quite often is, the world will always be the world. That doesn't mean that we're not going to try to help people to escape it. That doesn't mean that we don't go out into it and try to teach the Gospel. That doesn't mean that we don't go out into this world and be the light to the world. That just means that the world is always going to be the world. And because they're not following Jesus, can you, do you really expect them to get any better? I just heard recently in Canada they passed a law that says biblical morals are a myth. That when you teach that God created man and woman and that marriage is to be between a man and a woman, that is hate speech. And there were like, I forget how many, thousands of Canadian pastors and preachers that had... uh, we gotten upset about it because that meant that they could go to jail for preaching the truth of God's Word. Is the world getting any better? No. And when you hear things like, all have sinned and there's none righteous, it shouldn't surprise us. Because I believe it. And when we see what people do to each other, how can you not understand that particular Bible truth? Because every single day, it seems to get worse. People hurt each other. They do things to each other that you can't imagine. Just recently, someone pushes someone in front of a subway train That person had done nothing to those individuals, but yet that's what they wanted to do. And that's not the first time those things have happened. It just seems to get more frequent, or we hear about it more frequently. That's the world we live in. Jesus said He's overcome the world. And no one can take our joy Because we have the privilege of knowing our Lord. We have the privilege of knowing that if we're faithful to our Lord, that we'll have that home in heaven. And if that doesn't put a song in your heart, what will? We see, people hurt each other, and it's sad, but even Christians sometimes hurt each other. Sometimes Christians lie and gossip. And you know what? The Bible teaches us (coughs) In Proverbs chapter 26, that God hates a lying tongue. In uh, chapter uh, 6, verse 16, beginning, it says, "...these six things that the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto Him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift to running to mischief, a false witness that spreadeth lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. Those are things that God hates. And you don't want to be in one of those situations. You don't want to be in that category. You don't want to be a liar. You don't want to be a false witness. You don't want to be one that's accused of of, of spreading discord among God's people. But yet sometimes it happens. And it happens sometimes because we allow the world to influence us. And we allow the world to get into our lives. And we allow the world to replace that song that should be in our hearts. God hates those things. It's an abomination to Him. Shouldn't we be ever more on guard to keep those kind of things out of our lives? You see, we fail each other sometimes, we forsake each other. Remember when Jesus was in the garden? Remember what Peter had said before? I'll never, I'll never deny you. The Bible says they all forsook Him. Peter included. And sometimes we fail each other. We're not there to help each other like we should be. And sometimes we forsake each other. But notice the Bible never says that we won't do that. The Bible just says that God won't forsake us. Shouldn't that put a joy in your heart? To know that even if everybody's against you, if you're in the right, and when I say in the right, I'm talking about scripturally in the right, God is with you. And there are times that people abuse us. They take advantage of us. And many times we're disappointed. Disappointed. They will do what you would never imagine that they would do. But don't allow that to take your song. Don't lose your joy because of it. In Psalm 27, verse 10, it says, When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. You see, God promises to be there with us when others forsake us. And that phrase, take me up, literally means to gather unto Himself. And God says in Psalms 107 and verse 2, "...let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom He hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy." He's taken us out of the hand of the enemy when we obeyed the Gospel. We became children of His. We're part of His family. He cares about you and He cares about me if we're Christians. We have that relationship with our Lord. And that's a privileged relationship. He tells us in Psalms chapter 98, verse 4, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All the earth make a loud noise and rejoice and sing praises. Do you have that song in your heart? Are you rejoicing? Don't let anything or anyone take that song. Perhaps you do not know Jesus. Maybe you've never become a Christian. But like the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts chapter 8 when he was being taught by Philip and he said, "...see, here is water, what doth hinder me to be baptized?" Philip said, If thou believest with all thy heart, thou mayest. And they both went down in the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And the Bible says that the eunuch went on his way rejoicing. How many of us that were Christians, that are Christians, when we came up out of that water, we knew that we had been cleansed by the blood of Christ. How many of us had joy in our hearts? How many of us loved the Lord? How many of us wanted to share that good news with someone else? How many of us were determined that we were going to live a life where that light was shining that God wants us to have in our lives every day? But over the course of time... We've allowed that song to fade. We've allowed that light to diminish. We've allowed that excitement to die down. We've kind of lost the joy that we might have once had. It's God who puts that song in your heart. And it's God who gives us a reason to sing. Rather, when we sing, we should be singing loud and clear the wonderful story of God's love. That made a difference with the jailer. Paul and Silas were singing praises and praying, and I don't believe that it was very quietly. Because when that prison shook, And they were released, and the jailer came in to kill himself when he thought that they might have all escaped. Paul told him, do thyself no harm, we're all here. I've always wondered, why they all stayed. I believe it was because there was something different about Paul and Silas that they could see. And we know that they explained to the jailer what he needed to do in order to be saved. And that night he was baptized into Christ. That's what having that joy in our heart will do for us. Because it shows shows others that we have that peace that passeth all understanding. That the world may be falling down around us. There may be problems in our life, but we still have the joy that our Lord saved our soul and has promised us a better place. He can put that song in your heart tonight if you're not a Christian. And you'll realize that just because you become a Christian, trials aren't going to go away. But He'll help us through those things. And we know that He'll hear our prayers. And we always pray that it's His will that's done. So yes, I was blessed to be raised in a Christian home. It was a privilege. And I know others have had that same privilege, not in my home, but in your home, to have a mom and dad that were faithful to the Lord. And what a blessing that is. So tonight, if you need to respond to the invitation, we're here to help you in any way that we can. You have that opportunity to come and have a seat up here on the front row while we stand and sing.